Hello and welcome to Happy Times and Places, a positively inclined Doctor Who episode commentary podcast in which I, Toby Haydock, watch a Doctor Who story nominated by a friend of mine, commentate along drop-in fact bombs and try to guess what my special guest's favourite things about each episode are. Hello Toby, it's me, David J. Howe here. Now you may know me as a writer, as a researcher, as a publisher of all things connected with Doctor Who. Um, but today I'm here to talk to you about one of my favourite stories, and it's The Mind Robber. Well, welcome back to this all-too-real podcast that centres around an all-too-unreal fictional world of Doctor Who in a fictional world of the land of fiction. where So, fiction meets fiction. Uh, in a story that was originally called The Fact of Fiction, which I think is a beautiful title. Um, These episodes are very short. This one is only 19 and a half minutes long, and it's not the shortest one. Uh, So, I mean, it was manna from heaven in those days of uh, videotape bootlegs because its shortness meant you could fit another episode on your E180. I'm, I'm inspired. I've been talking to... Ian Key, who is one of the lovely residents of Patreonville, but also someone who's a, 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 a someone I know as a friend personally as well. Uh, and Ian uh, and, and I we were talking, you know, we were talking based on an AMA that I've done uh, also in Patreonville about um, you know vi- video bootlegs that we had to collect back in the day when uh, you know even even videotapes of Doctor Who were were you know official video releases were you know scant in the shops i mean you know they came out very much every now and then and they were when they started you know edited down truncated uh, into omnibuses nothing like what you can do now which i'm about to do you know watch an episode on britbacks britbox that i've also got on dvd on my shelf and also at one point had on vhs but i finally uh, did get rid of my VHSs, and I'm um, yeah, I do kind of regret that. Um, but you can't keep everything, <laughs> and uh, in fact, we're trying to downsize the house at the moment, and uh, and, I, and and my office is full of stuff, you know that uh, that would have been thrown away had I not rescued it from other people's houses, like Paddy Russell's uh, files, Bernard Kay's. Um, I've just taken delivery of a load of theatre programmes from a guy that my uncle found in a in a in a junk shop that you know the guy didn't want any money for. He wanted them to go to a good home before he chucked them away. So <laughs> you know, there's only so much space. Uh, but um, but yes, this uh, I I did have this on on VHS uh, on on bootleg and on official. Um, but uh, I still have it in multiple copies. But yes, I was saying that um, uh, I, uh, talking to Ian has made me think it's, I, th- I think, an indefinable magic, which is, uh, if you only listen to these uh, commentaries, do do have a listen to indefinable magic. I, I think they're my favourite ones to do, which are sort of essays on particular aspects of Doctor Who. And increasingly they're getting sort of autobiographical uh, uh, and, and trying to sort of encapsulate 
the fan experience maybe i need to be bolder and and do one about tea because uh, that's one on the list of australia um but uh the ones that are easier to write because they you know they're born out of just memory um but uh, are, are ones like you know the target books and blah de blah and um the, the one i've been thinking of is is doing one about you know collecting bootlegs because that was very much a rite of passage that was very much a very exciting part well full of excitement expectation disappointment um and all sorts of you know things unique to the collecting of doctor and video there's an excellent uh a documentary by ed straddling um is it is it called check slides and videotape on uh, on the dvd range that uh, that was actually very popular because i think it chimed in with with the experiences of everybody of a certain age uh so yeah <laughs> uh, that's one to do but for now i'm concentrating on commentaries and i'm going to do uh a little 19 minute session i'm sure i will string it out i already have done uh in the company of david j howe who is a top fella and you know when i was collecting uh, bootleg VHS has probably had all of the episodes and was organising things and researching and interviewing people and writing articles and doing that excellent early groundwork without which um, you know Doctor Who history and Doctor Who fandom would uh, would uh, not have the foundations Doctor Who historical research and Doctor Who fandom would not have the foundations that it has so I'm very delighted that David has uh, has contributed to this I, i'm i mean i'm too behind i was close with episode one i could have got episode two uh but i didn't because i went with yeah i went with my my gut rather well my heart rather than with my brain uh which um you know we all make mistakes when we're choosing things as the doctor is about to reveal to zoe ha <laughs> uh, as uh, the doctor zoe and the other jamie start this episode but they're not all going to finish it uh, it's episode three of the mind robber i want you to press play if you're so inclined i don't know if anybody is but let's go through the motions in three two one So, um, Doctor Who theme, says the subtitles. Uh, oh, I'm just going to turn that down a little bit. So, there we go. Here we go. It's uh, the mind drop. So, it's extraordinary, isn't it, that these episodes are so short. But, um, I mean, that doesn't do that doesn't do the story any harm. It doesn't it doesn't feel underdeveloped. And, uh, you know, the, the plot such as it is you know couldn't really get any more complex the plot is the plot so it would it would probably only be strung out by set pieces which i mean a lot of the set pieces in this are very uh are very well done but uh i'm i'm not complaining about the shortness of the episodes i actually love how how simple a lot of this is you know that's 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 not even a set it's just blackness uh, uh you know it's just the corner of a studio uh and uh and yeah this uh this unicorn on film that of course they then don't have to bring a horse into the studio because it's uh, been turned into a cardboard cutout which uh, 
again i'm so i mean they should they should merchandise this we've we've got we've got various doctor who cardboard cutouts um why why, if, why should only ca- character options do stuff from the classic series um now i think this is where the story has a, has a little bit of a problem um in the the whole well i don't believe it if we say we don't believe it uh it stops um and we, that will get quite repetitive but um but I, it, I mean, it's an interesting idea. I, I, I love that, uh, love that close-up of Trout. He's got a great face. And here we have the Master. Um, but of course, it's not the Master. And I remember, I'm sure, in the was it in the program guide or was it in the? No, I think it was in the um, the Doctor Who archives of this in Doctor Who magazine. They credited Emery Jones as the Master of the Land, so that because it, you know, because otherwise fans would go. In those days, when information was scout, we go, oh, it's the it's the Master, the Master. And I think you know some people did have to have it clarified to them that the master in the mind of evil is not the master from you know the, i mean i i remember having to 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 to, to tell a, a young fan friend at at school when um it was terror of the vervoid he went so is that is that travers from the web of fear because commodore travers was called travers and we did you know and i i was i was laughing with somebody else I, I remember when um sarah jane adventures announced you know the new series and it said you know sarah and you know mr smith and blah, blah, and rani all take a, and of course because rani was was replacing uh, uh, another character and, and and loads of people you know and, oh, the rani the rani what and well and it's like actually with there's a character rose isn't there coming up in uh in the specials as i record this they they have yet to be on i think if you're not a patreon member they will have been on so that's an interesting gosh you're living in an interesting well actually i'm loving the anticipation um and you know people went oh rose well uh, she's replacing billy piper it's rose tyler rather than go or, or it's somebody else with the name rose you know we, we're so we got, uh, there's a certain structure of phantom we get so giddy about if something has got the same name as something else it's got a bit it's got to be the same one um for 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 people who for a sh- for a show that's all about difference every week and uh you know ch- ch- changing horizons and all that sort of thing we do very much like uh th- th- things to be the same one as the one that came before anyway um whilst i'm being rude about people who jump to conclusions uh, <laughs> uh i've i've missed the end of hamish wilson uh i love his unique place in doctor who history of being the guy that you know was a regular character but only for i mean and it's for two episodes but only really for a week really wasn't it um but uh but there he is and jamie is back uh it's, it's nice to have you back fraser but i actually really like hamish wilson's performance as jamie i think he would have been uh, uh but and it's look it's kind of like straight on with business and i uh, but i love the fact that of course that the doctor got it wrong and yeah, that's a great shot through a cobweb excellent cobweb work uh the bbc david whittaker evan hercules that's a wonderful shot i'd forgotten about that shot you know that's probably not one that uh no because my my bootleg was good enough quality i'd just forgotten about that beautiful cobweb shot i'm taken with it and i like it but uh, yes, well done, uh, Hamish Wilson. Uh, I like you being. I, I I like the fact that you were there. Oh yes, and I like the fact that the doctor got it wrong and had to ad, uh, admit that to Zoe. I I I like a f- I like the doctor being sort of flawed <laughs> uh, because you know because he's got his 
he's got his mind on other things. <laughs> and Troughton does it so well, and that sort of bolshy schoolboy stuff that he does is is very winning. But it, it really works with Zoe because he doesn't like her being right because she often is right. Uh, and and she's not smug about it so much because she's she's just a creature of logic, isn't she? She's not she's not boastful, but she's just like no. But if I'm right, I'm right. And and of and of course that's quite insufferable, even though she's not actually doing anything wrong. So you want to cut her down to size, and and it's quite fun that she wants to cut her down to size. But then if if it, he's wrong, it, it, it's it's funny because again. She, she's just like but, but you were you were wrong and that's all right to say that i think that i think the comic potential and the comic dynamic in that uh is lovely because nobody's being an ass because it's and, and you know doubling down when when you you know you sort of know you're wrong but you you don't want to admit to it is is something that we can all identify with and we sort of know it's naughty and yet we do it anyway so it's it's an identifiable dynamic as well where we know the sort of joke is on that aspect of us um and our desire for zoe to be wrong because we don't want we don't we don't like people who are right all the time how to, you know how dare they um it's a bit like i was talking to somebody uh about bonnie langford the other day and you know what 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 uh why did we why because but she was not popular when she was chosen to be a doctor the first time why because she could sing she could dance she could act and she seemed happy and it's like yeah we don't trust that and it's like what does that say about us she hasn't done anything wrong she wasn't a boastful person she she she, she wasn't she, she she never had a reputation of being difficult to work with or anything like that but she was you know she was skilled and hard working and, and and yeah as i say sort of seem quite happy you go yeah don't like that um so it isn't it nice that she's um we've we've as a nation managed to get over that and uh and and she is now a national treasure uh and i th and i think that's a wonderful thing and isn't that a weird dynamic isn't it that somebody whose announcement for the show first time round was pretty much universally met with revulsion and and annoyance and it was a sign that the show was in you know was was making huge mistakes uh and and now uh it's like a national treasure is returning to the fold and something that i don't think we'd even contemplated anyway uh that's nothing to do with this story the mind robber uh where we're in a lovely tunnel um Troughton's face is so good uh and and of course this is this is quite sort of wreathian isn't it that's the other great thing about this is that a lot of things that I've read and done are have been inspired by Doctor Who. So any any sort of historical subject that I've done a deep dive into, it's partially because I want to see if the Doctor Who version. So I've read quite a lot of the uh, of the truth behind the gunfight at the OK Corral, but also, uh, you know, there was always quite a a, a pleasant crossover between. Um, you know the literature or mythology that we learnt at school, uh, and the stuff that the Doctor Who writers tended to name check or 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 evoke or even um, uh, portray. Um, so the Minotaur that that we you know we had books about myths at home, and um, I did I did the classics at school as well, so uh, knew about all of that. Um, I liked the shot of the Minotaur shadow on the wall as well. Um, 
that's nice. And are we going to have a sort of point of view shot? Yeah, there we go. And Jamie puts his puts his uh, puts his coat over the over the eye of the shoulder. Um, so, oh well, and another thing about names, uh, people getting names right. Um, Emery Jones is often confused with Emery James. Uh, Emery James is Orcon in State of Decay. Both very different actors, but often, and I think Doctor Who magazine did it, and I think when Emery James died. Um, he was listed in, in some publications as uh, the guy that played the master in the mind robber and Orcon in <laughs> in State of Decay. Um, it's a good minor tour. We only see it for a second. I'm assuming that must have been a, a stock minor tour to see it. So, and I, I believe there's some confusion over who plays it in some in, in, in the listings I always had. It was it was Richard Irison who was my former agent. Uh, who plays Axis in the next story, uh, The Crotons, so you actually see him in the flesh. He's, he was a good actor, Richard, and he did Mr. Sparrow from the brewery in, uh, in EastEnders and, and did loads of work um, and, and, you know, was quite a recognisable TV face in the 70s and 80s, but then became an agent. Uh, but somebody, I see, is it Alex Moore, one of the guys, Ben Jolly, one of the, one of the or even Stephen, uh, Stephen Griffiths, one of the, the guys who's good with actors. We, we, we're a little... We're a little sort of brains trust of, uh, of of note comparers on actors said they'd spoken to Richard and that he didn't remember it. Now that doesn't necessarily mean he didn't do it, but anyway, I've had some doubt cast on uh, who played the Minotaur. Um, I I don't know why I because I don't have I don't have any further information on that, so it's not a particularly useful contribution. Anyway, uh, yeah, Emery Emery Jones playing. Uh, the master of the land uh it's not his first visit to the doctor who studio because he was married at the time to anne riddler who plays dr Gemma corwin in the wheel in space and i believe that for her final episode she had the, or one of the episodes i think it was a final episode of the wheel in space she wasn't very well um and so he attended rehearsals on her behalf uh in order to you know in because the show must go on uh and sort of stood in for her for for for, for a couple of days she she did the performance um I, which obviously i mean i don't know if it if that meant that he was in the production team's mind and, and was cast a little bit later on or if it's coincidence there's enough coincidence in the acting business to the, for that to be the case but anyway it's a nice that's a nice little bit of trivia isn't it uh that uh yes that uh uh, he, he, he'd, he'd sort of doubled for his wife when she had the flu uh, not that long before this uh, I, it's, it's, it's a charming performance from um, from Bernard Horsfall who I think is a lovely actor with a great uh, solid presence and I and I, I do love that idea that um, Gulliver can only speak the words that he's given I think that's a that's a you know that's a that's a that's a fantastic application of the the storyline uh that you know the story idea into the into into the events of the the episode they they're doing a lot aren't they in a very with very sort of limited resources we and and we're getting new sets every week as well which is which is interesting but oh they do, and they we do have a little bit of location here Jamie goes to Castrovalva, doesn't he? Ha <laughs> ha. Um, oh, Richard Ison is also the reason he's listed as as um, playing the Minotaur is because he's around 
because he's um, he's playing one of the toy soldiers. Uh, and one of the toy soldiers is also uh, Ian Hines, who is Fraser Hines's brother. Now, that's always been in, in you know, Doctor Who lore, but um, nobody's ever interviewed Ian Hines. And I always thought that's a bit that's a bit odd because, um, you know, you'd get him in, wouldn't you? He's around. But I, and so I spoke to Fraser about this, but um, they uh, they've 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 lost touch. They don't uh, they 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 they're not uh, they're yeah they're they're not in touch anymore. So um, uh, Fraser doesn't even know where he is. Interestingly, uh, families are funny things, aren't they? So um, so that's why we've never because you think you know hoik him in and stick him in front of the camera. It's a it's a it's an e you know easy other other contributor to a DVD extra. But um, but no, actually Ian is uh, is somebody who's never been interviewed or spoken about Doctor Who because. Um, you know, getting hold with him is not as easy as one might think uh, without knowing the details. Uh, but yes, I thought so. I thought it, I thought it worth asking Fraser because I didn't know. I, you know, I didn't know if he was still alive or anything. And uh, and actually, uh, turns out Nordis Fraser. Um, and this is great. You know, Rapunzel is uh, is another. It, it's like they've sort of cherry picked all the a lot of the sort of memorable things that. Uh, you know that that came into one's orbit at at, at school, uh, and and I I think the Rapunzel that we have and this is very funny. Ouch! <laughs> I love Christine Pirrie's performance as Rapunzel, and of course we think she looks like that, but that's a, that's a wig. So I don't know what her hair was like in real life. And she's another like she's somebody that was never uh, been traced or interviewed about Doctor. In fact, I think one of the Brains Trust, Stephen Griffiths sort of knows where she is but he's had no luck uh and it's a shame because i think she's got a real um he would cut a son i love that i think that's great but i think she gives a really sort of charming slightly coquettish performance uh and she's got a really nice energy about her um but um she didn't do an awful lot apart from after playing rapunzel um it's such a pity you're not a prince <laughs> Um, go on, let him in, Rapunzel. Let him into your boudoir. Um, but it's 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 very charming, isn't it? I mean, there's oh, and she's vanished. Yeah. So I was going to say there's no danger here, but it is still quite disconcerting, isn't it? Every you know, everywhere you turn is a bit of a mystery. We know that there's this sort of menagerie of fictional characters but we don't know why and and we know there are threats because there are the toy soldiers the white robots have been hanging around and there's this uh and there's this weird guy uh who we haven't seen yet who's watching everything and, and saying uh you know saying enigmatic things and that's christine Pira's voice as well uh playing the voice of the but because uh, you know, no point in hiring another actor when you've got somebody there who can do it for free. Um, but this is, you know, this is a, another turnaround again because we've had the forest of words. We've, you know, we've had the spooky, gloomy tunnels with the cobwebs, and now we've got this weird place of computer banks and ticker tape. Um, ticker tape seems an extraordinary thing now, doesn't it? And I was thinking about. I've been listening to. Hamster with a blunt penknife, lovely podcast, and they're talking about the seeds of death. And you know, in that, you know, everyone, you know, Brent walks around with a, 
with a, a you know a clipboard because you know we can have tmat uh, we can have all futuristic things but 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 some things as well you know we only we, we make with the things that we know that we've got so you know pen and paper whereas of course you know I've written loads of things today and it's been on a keyboard or on a handheld device uh, I haven't used a pen and paper you know apart from to scribble down a number here and there every now and again and and that's probably quite old-fashioned of me um sue pulford i don't think anyone's ever found her either as the uh, as the medusa and this is a lovely bit of ray harryhausen type of uh stop motion isn't it the film's slightly out of phase there isn't it but um uh or maybe it's just the movie but anyway i i like it because it reminds me of the of the skeletons in jason of the argonauts uh and this is this is this is quite a a, a nice dramatic debate device of having jamie reading out uh you know what's what's going to happen to them uh, and it happening to them because that's quite meta as well he's reading it out like it's a story um and of course this is this is uh yeah so we yeah we we've we kind of got a repeat of you know what happened not that long ago uh of going um you know we 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 know that they turn into cardboard cutouts um you know if you say that they don't exist so zoe's got to kind of go yeah but she's kind of touching my face so i you know I, this time i this time I'm not going to do that thing that will obviously save us. It's it's a bit of a stretch, but it's okay, it's okay because, um, uh, I, you know, I think it's 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 pulled off very nicely. Uh, you know that that little bit of she's in the studio, the actress, but there's also the film to have the the, the sort of moving snakes, uh, and uh, and I think that's a that's a pretty effective for quite a sort of low key. Um, in, in many ways quite you know sparse production to have that that sort of money shot of that special effect uh, is a is a nice way to end the very short episode this is going to be one of the shortest episodes of happy times and places I think um, unless unless David says something that's uh, that's going to uh, um, you know pr provoke me to to do a, a monologue for an hour. I mean, stranger things have happened. Um, but uh, let's see. Well, I have to choose first, don't I? What my thing about episode three is, whilst I download David's. Um, what's my favourite thing about episode three? Well, we've, I mean, we've, we've. I, ca I can't do Hamish Wilson, really, because we kind of covered uh, the new Jamie last time, Andy. You know, we 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 sort of lose him uh, this time. I I suppose it might be the because I I mean I kind of you know for uh, for for warnings for I'm well, I'm sure when we do the crotons I'll choose the bit where where um you know the do the doctor gets it you know really f flunks the test and so, and so he passes it does really well um but I I do like that dynamic that that you know the doctor's got the face wrong and so he. So he sort of takes the Mickey, and he has to go. Whoa, whoa. Um, I I do like that dynamic between them, and I do like the fact that J Jamie's face is wrong because of the Doctor's mistake. Because uh, Troughton, because because you could do that without it ever. Troughton has has 
has the skill to do that without it actually undermining the character of the Doctor. It, it somehow, because he exudes sort of intelligence and, and gravitas, it, it, it never makes the Doctor seem like a fool. I don't know quite how that works. Um, you know, he's this sort of childish improviser, klutz, um, who nonetheless always has a sort of deep searing intelligence at the at the back of it all so he can sort of have his cake and eat it uh i do like that i I'm, you know i admire the special effect of the uh medusa i love the idea of of gulliver only being able to say lines from the and in fact when i read about that I think Peter Ling maybe said it in an interview, uh, and it was before I'd seen the story. I remember thinking, "That's a that's a damn good idea, actually. That's a, you know, that's a that 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 makes this story that seems to be quite a weird sort of comic book, you know, sort of um, you know, sort of episodic." Uh, recruitment of characters from you know kids literature you know mostly kids literature even and i know the greek myths aren't kids literature but it's still stuff that you're introduced to at school level you know no, you know none of the characters in land of fiction are, you know, there's nobody from a james elroy novel i know he wasn't writing 1968 or whatever but um you know there's 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 there's, there's nobody you know george there's no george smiley you know there's it's 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 all it's all sort of fairy tale myths comic you know it's all it's all stuff that is quite kid friendly the fiction because you know strictly speaking for the land of fiction um you, you know you could have anybody couldn't you you could have the woman from deep throat that's not true <laughs> i mean again you wouldn't because it's doctor who but um you know you could have the guy from american psycho uh and i know i'm invoking things that you know it would be the land of fiction and prescience but um it you know it is all it is all sort of kiddie literature stuff, uh, and so I remember. Th I just remember thinking how clever it was, uh, and 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 I like the detail, and I like the fact that the writer had that knowledge, or at least went to that that correct amount of effort. And I know, as I say, since um, I think you know, Doc Two magazine in, in in an article, I'm pretty sure you know went through which you know which lines were actually from Gulliver's Travels and which are a sort of mixture or which have had a word added here or there but nonetheless that's fine I mean you're only going to know that if you go back and study the text in detail and go through it with a fine tooth comb and if you do that I think you kind of deserve to be disappointed <laughs> um, you know uh, it, it, I mean I'm glad Doc 2 magazine did that I was right to do it I was in, a, in an illustrative and intelligent you know an, an article an informative article which is absolutely fine but if you did it just if you if you were to do it just to try and catch the writer out uh, I think you deserve you know you deserve in the same way that anybody that uh, you know Although I was, I was somebody did give me a different point of view to this. But you know, when people sit when you're doing a Shakespeare play and they sit in the front row, you know, with a finger on the text going through it, you kind of go, "Oh, come on!" Well, you had to catch me out, but but actually, you know, um, that might be an intellectual exercise where somebody's, or or it might be an aid for somebody that has that has issues with hearing or concentration or whatever. So one shouldn't be too judgmental, but. If you've just gone with the text in order to, you know, catch the actors out or 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 go home thinking, well, I think I'll find about Act Four, Scene Two or whatever, then then again, 
you deserve to do what happened when we were doing Midsummer Night's Dream at the Royal Exchange and to my friend Francis McGee who was playing Peter Quince and we were all the rude mechanicals uh when when we came on to do our play within a the play he jumped off we all came on on in in a van uh he, he jumped out the back of the van and uh, uh and, and and we'd all spotted this person following the text and he he went into the audience and he grabbed it and he threw, and he threw it <laughs> uh anything went when we were doing that show it was great anyway so is it that I'm um, and and with due reverence to the special effect as well, which I think for the time is a you know is a is a is a handy piece of kit, and a lot of effort's got into that, and uh, and and is reminiscent of those Harry Harrison films that again were such an important part of my childhood, and of course you know very cinematic. And Troughton is in Jason of the Argonauts, of course, as well, but um, cinematic. But of course, when I watched Jason of the Argonauts, I didn't know that was Patrick Troughton. I think, and he's in one of the Sinbad ones as well. Um, and it was only afterwards, and and when I saw a picture of my brother pointed out something, I was like, "Oh God!" I saw, "Wow, that was Patrick Troughton," because he, God, he had a good career, didn't he? Movies, um, but always turning up in stuff that seemed, um, seemed pretty cool as well, you know. Uh, Jason and the Argonaut, Sinbad, um, and Tom Baker's in a Sinbad too, um, as is Caroline Munro, who of course was going to be in Doctor Who the movie at one point. <laughs> God, that's another story. Anyway, um, I did meet her. Um, uh, and uh, so, yeah, the, the, the Harryhausen snake head of the Medusa is pretty cool. And I like the Medusa being in it because, and as I say, as I think I started saying it, there's a, there is a Rethian element. It's sort of, it, it, it encourages kids to, you know, have renewed vigor when they go back to school to study those things or or when those things are brought up in school they're like oh that's cool because that was in doctor who um you know if, you, if you're prone to be inspired by doctor who to then check out all the things that are in doctor who and i think a lot of us do do that then then it's you know serving a, a greater purpose uh, even beyond the you know the entertainment value and also the fact that this story you know, is so bold to be so different. But I think I'm, I've got to go, just because I was so impressed when I first read it, um, it does make for Gulliver's contribution to be actually rather charming. Um, Bernard Horsfall's great. Um, but it's also, you know, a clue to the story for the Doctor and, uh, and a clue to how to deal with the various fictional elements and, and what some of their limitations might be. They can only do you know, what they do within the literature that they exist in, because Gulliver can only do what he does in the pages of those books, because that's all he is, you know, and that's what makes us different from uh, fictional characters, is that we're not, you know, we're not limited by what we are prescribed to be by, you know, our creator, if you like. Although, you know, if you are religious, then actually we could be, and that makes for quite a an interesting philosophical uh, debate, doesn't it? But anyway... That's not, you know, that's digging quite deep, isn't it? That's extrapolating beyond what anybody who was uh, making this story back then would ever have considered to be a reason, a reasonable attention to give to this, uh, uh, you know, frivolous uh, adventure uh, in which our time travellers, uh, you know, scamper about uh, getting involved with, uh, with, you know, fairy tales and robots. Um, but yes, Gulliver only saying the lines that Gulliver is given in Gulliver's travels I think is a wonderful idea and it's and it's 
weaved into the well yeah it's, it's woven into the story um artfully and uh i think it's a really neat idea and i think it's an idea that kids would really latch onto and enjoy because i know i did when i first read about it when i was much younger and i, I remember thinking how terribly clever that was uh and it's a yeah it's a it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful idea what's david going to choose he's on an exercise bike in his video lots of fields behind him and more cat they've got a lot of things that cats can climb up and scratch in their house which is very wise if you have cats because they do like scratching things so episode three of the mind robber has got great sequence in it where jamie and zoe and the doctor are going through um, a, a labyrinth to try and find the center of the labyrinth and of course there's a minotaur in there and uh, medusa and all sorts of stuff and i just love the labyrinth i think uh, for, for, for obviously not very much money they've put together spider webs and walls and it looks great and the sound effects are great dripping water um so mind robber the labyrinth that's my choice uh well you keep pedaling away there david um that is a good choice uh, it's a shame that uh the sound effects are, are always slightly compromised for me on uh, these viewings because of course i have to gab on all the way through lest uh, lest you get uh, b bestowed a, 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 a silence and the only thing worse than having to listen to me bang on presumably is to have nothing coming into your ears because um you know you you have your headphones in for a reason um but uh, so yes and you've evoked that very nicely david and, and i think particularly you've hit upon one of the really charming aspects of it is that it's it's pieced together with in not very much studio space at all and again evan hercules in his only and again um, you know i'm saluting the name um i, I can you imagine? It'd be a great name for. Please welcome onto the stage your next act for the evening. It's Ivan Hercules. I, I I wish I'd thought to change my name, uh, uh, <laughs> because uh, Toby Hayduck, Ivan Hercules. I mean, it's it's not too dissimilar, except that um, mine, you know, mine isn't particularly exciting, and everybody gets it wrong. Um, but um, you know, Ivan Hercules does does. A good job, uh, and I love that the, the cobwebs are all fantastic. And then that cobweb that they sh that they shoot through when they come in is a, is a wonderful uh, uh, sort of symbiosis of the the designer's art and the director's art of uh, of you know how to make it uh, visually interesting, but also evocative. You know, cobwebs um, again sort of evoke the kind of you know mysterious literature that abounded uh, when i was a kid you know and it was it's very much one of those sort of simple devices to to be a bit creepy and be a bit spooky and also you know as yeah be be visually interesting and it's a it's a nice prop as well because it looks you know it must have been, it's, it's obviously a fake but it, it it looks really good it looks it looks really decent um i could have just chosen that shot of the cobweb which i is not one i'd remembered and it's odd because i've seen this story a lot this isn't it's not like this is a story that is totally alien to me although i haven't watched it for for a very long time um but i love that shot of the cobweb and yes um david is right to uh you know celebrate that that labyrinth those those tunnels they are very evocative they are very nicely shot but mostly you know they are very um 
economically uh, placed and constructed and devised uh, and they really do their job within the story but i chose the gulliver bit i don't mind choosing that either maybe i should have chosen that as my favorite you know as my bonus thing about the whole story but um yeah i i could have got there with you david but i didn't i went in a different direction which is i suppose appropriate uh, we we both we both went we both went we were both in the labyrinth but we both went off in different directions uh now i'm going to go uh, in yet another direction up to bed uh, but uh, i thought before i did so i would complete uh, an, another another little sojourn into the land of fiction so um uh, yeah i'm going to go to sleep and uh, the next cobwebs i come across will be those i will be rubbing from my eyes come the morning so uh, if uh, if uh, wherever you are i hope you're uh, uh, have a lovely snooze or a lovely rest of the day or a lovely time at the gym or a lovely time doing the garden, uh, making your lunch, whatever it is you do when you listen to this. Um, baffled that so many of you do. Uh, extremely flattened, flattered, it flattened, flattened like the uh, <laughs> like the uh, uh, like the unicorn and everything else that turns out not to be real. Um, um, but yeah flattered flattered that you do and uh, and and very grateful indeed so um come back next time and uh, we'll actually we haven't actually seen gosh three episodes in we haven't seen the master emery J- jones's face yet uh so uh that's, you know you'd be, you'd be there going come on i need something from a showreel you didn't have those things in those days but um but uh, presumably uh we 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 get to see him uh, in all his glory next time yeah we do presumably i know we do uh and uh, i'm already looking forward to seeing how this story develops because uh it's got to do yeah it's uh it's it's uh, I, I i know there are some some treats in store and i've got to see how how much it is dominated by um i oh oh it's that yes but we don't believe in it do we oh no we don't which is sometimes when i think about this story um my my you know one of my big takeaways from it and i don't want that to be because i think it has uh, so much more uh, that it's that it's offering so um uh let's uh let's reconvene uh uh next time and uh you know see what's see what's written in the pages of the book of the mind robber but until then happy times and places to you all thank you very much for listening to happy times and places which is presented by me toby haydoke and my special guest david j howe who can be found on twitter at david j howe one and also online at howswho.co.uk. I'm grateful to David and to the patrons who make these podcasts possible, and they include Joel Ahrens, Joanne Abbott, Keith Adams, Mark Aldridge, Kit Allen, Neil Allen, Jonathan Appleton, Sebastian April, Tilt Ariza, Radit Ariza, Simon Ash, Richard Alt, Richard Baker, Stephen Bamford, Simon Barker, Ollie Barrett, Andy Benison, Richard Bignall, Peter Blackett, Robin Bland, Gareth Bowley, David Brody, Hugh Buchtman, Tim Burrows, DC, Paul Carrington, Anthony Carroll, Damian Cartin, Phil Chapman, Ralph Chilton, Susan Christian, Steve Churchill, Kevin Clark, Graham Cluley, Mark Cockrum, Charles Coppin and Simon Coling. The music is by Dave Gates, the artwork by Dylan Patterson. 
Well, they all get their names read out because they are members of my patron community at patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydock, where for as little as £3 a month, you can uh, ensure that uh, I can uh, do these to the best of my ability and uh, record them on decent equipment and set some proper side uh, uh, out, you know, aside to do them and, um, you know, not write the great British novel because, frankly, that's not paying me £3 a month. Uh, and that doesn't get uh, advanced releases, bonus material, pictures of my dog, monthly AMAs and all sorts of other goodies. That's what everyone gets. That's what everyone gets upon entry, which uh, which is available, as I say, at £3 a month. You can get 10% off that if you sign up for a year in one go. And that's the same uh, across the board. All tiers get 10% off if you commit to a year. But look, any form of commitment in these financially uncertain times is difficult, and I completely understand that. So if you don't want to do the monthly commitment, but can occasionally uh, perhaps uh, buy me a cyber coffee, which is the sort of thing that freelance, unpensioned, uh, no sick pay, no holiday pay, uh, flowery, bloody artist types like me, you know, sometimes a coffee will just do our soul uh, a little bit of good, but it's not really a coffee, is it? It's a, it's a cyberspace equivalent of coffee. It's pixelated. The granules are made of pixels, and the water is made of um, uh, uh, down down loads. I don't know how the, the I don't know I don't know how space works, and we live in space now. Anyway, Kofi.com forward slash Toby Haydock is, you know, where you can reward gold like that. Do you know what? Sometimes spontaneity is my friend and sometimes it, it comes up with metaphors that are, are neither consistent nor funny and sentences that don't ever quite go anywhere worthwhile. And uh, I, I think uh, the whole the whole trying to say donate to my Kofi page in an interesting way, I think went there this time. But you know what? Failure is one of the basic freedoms and, and it's the yardstick by which you can measure the gold that I usually come out with. So I'm leaving that there. Uh, this this is what people are paying for. Uh, and, and if you haven't paid and you're not uh, a Kofi donator or a Patreon subscriber, I mean, you still get this rubbish, but you just get it later. <laughs> so I suppose not paying means you do have the uh, opportunity to die before getting this uh uh, sort of poured down your ears so that, 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 that there's an optimistic way to look at it but look i totally get uh that we I, I loads of podcasts that i love that i don't pay for it's uh it's it's the way these things go and this is not why one does it i am delighted and flattered that there are so many listeners out there who seem to want to have this stuff i mean there's literally you could literally listen to anything and anyone talking about anything so the fact that uh, there's a fair-sized bunch of you that download and listen to this means I'm extremely grateful to you. And uh, it's it's a pleasure and an honour to be welcomed, well, if not into your homes, into your ears during the park run or the, you know, or the, 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 to, to distract you from how awful the gym is. You think, oh, I thought lifting things was horrible. I'm listening to this guy. This is even worse. But it takes you, it takes you away from the pain, you see. That's what I do. I, I take it. It takes you away. Uh, and, uh, and uh, without the need for a frog on a chair. I like that frog on the chair, by the way. I thought that showed admirable chutzpah. Anyway, let's not get into that. Um, what you can do uh, for me, if you do enjoy these, is to leave a five-star review to like and subscribe and do all that podcast stuff. <laughs>
And if you like to do the social media thing, uh, I'm on Twitter at Toby Haydoke. I have a Facebook page. I th- I th- is it a fan page? I hope not. I I'm, don't. I, that idea sounds ludicrous to me. But it's a it's a page that is my personal page. It's uh, it's one where all the work stuff goes because I'm trying to um, to uh, differentiate between my work and my home life. He says, sitting at home doing something that he pretends is work. Uh, I mean, yeah. Anyway, let's not get into that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm actually doing this in the corner of my own living room. I, I'm, I mean, uh, there's no division between home life and work at all. But I blame the pandemic and the fact that I could go upstairs to my, in inverted commas, off, office, which is just another room that's just full of rubbish. Uh, but I've been lazy and done it down here. So, and I'll get cross with people if they come and make a cup of tea or walk up and down the stairs or even knock on the door to give me something I've ordered and make the dog bark. It's a terrible life, isn't it? Um, so, yes... What was that? Where did I start with? Oh, social media. Yeah, because that's the other thing I spend all my time doing is wasting it on social media. Twitter, at Toby Haydoke. Instagram. Oh, I'm trying to get good at Instagram. I made Instagram videos that I think are quite funky. Um, You know, you could do all sorts of special effects and cutting things. And and I do that for my comedy club, Excess Malarkey. Um, And that's on toby.haydoke at Instagram. And there's a few few other bits and bobs there related to uh, sort of other projects that I have but I'm trying to make them in video form or at least teasers in video form because that's what all the cool kids are doing nowadays and one day I will be I was going to say I'll be allowed to hang out with the cool kids but I think if I did they'd probably be entitled to you know take out some sort of restraining order or or just have me humanely destroyed anyway uh, Instagram I'm on Instagram I'm on Twitter. Uh, these podcasts also have their own feed at Haydoke Podcasts, and I do all of that sort of narcissistic uh, self-expression that that is a la mode these days. And here's the post-credits bit, which I look with alarm. I mean, this is legendarily one of the Doctor Who stories with the shortest instalments. So how the hell has my ticker hit the 50-minute mark? I don't know, but I, I think it should, frankly, stop.